It's the Opix Podcast, baby. Glad you tuned in. Got your host, thank me later, and you're stupid to win. Might become an obsession as soon as you begin. Start out king of the street, then lock it iconic in. Welcome to Offland. Grab your Opix, man. On your way in the door, hit you with four grand. Get to buying and gripping, then to selling and flipping. Over to moving and shocking. I'm Scrooge McDuckin' in Opix. Welcome to the Epics Podcast. I am your host, Too Stupid to Win, and as always, I'm joined by Thank Me Later. How we doing, brother? Oh, man, living the dream, uh, getting ready for Christmas, you? Yeah, um, got all the kids to bed and still have those stupid elves to take care of. Um, I hate those <laughs> things. <laughs> What's the, uh, what, like, have you done, like, one that you had, like, a favorite? Like, were you planning, like, oh, I got a good one? Uh, we let... We let my nine-year-old in on the uh, secrets of Santa and the elves. So that's her and my wife's bonding is uh, setting the elves up. So I've washed my hands of those deeds. So I'm excited <laughs> about that. Nine? <laughs> Nine seems young. Uh, her little bitch friends ruined it. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> wow. Don't hold back, eh? <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry freaking Christmas. Those little other bitch-ass nine-year-olds. <laughs> I mean, so, like, well, yeah, I'm a horrible parent. You know, she kept pushing at it for, like, a month, month and a half. I'm, and then my wife just finally, like, it was my wife that came first. She's like, oh, yeah, yeah here's the deal. And then my wife's like, I wasn't prepared uh, help. So <laughs> we went to, I was taking her to gymnastics. And I said, you weren't ready for the truth, were you? She says, no. And. I said, but you kept asking. Yeah. I said, you got to be prepared for the truth, even if you like it or not. So you weren't ready for it. No, I wasn't. Um, so then we went into this big explanation that Santa's an idea and it's about giving and all that. And now, you know, you're on the other side of it now. And so she's all on board. And we talked about not ruining it for other people like her friends did for her. And yeah. Yeah. So. That was a story there, but yeah, busy. The kids get to open gifts at three different places in a series of two days, and they just get way too much stuff. So continuously talk to them about uh, how blessed, privileged we are, and, you know, that's why we make them give away some of their toys to the less fortunate. You know, hey, this is stuff you don't play with. It's in good condition. Let's give it away. So little things that we can do. Gotcha. Yeah, no, I like that. That's good. So this is episode 110, second to last episode of the year, recorded on December 23rd, 2021. And the views, information, and opinions expressed on the Epics podcast are solely those of myself at Thank Me Later and do not necessarily represent, reflect those of Upland Me Inc. We are not employed by or provided insider information from the Upland team. All discussions about property to buy and sell are not financial advice, along with any uh, ornaments, legits, or any other items in the game of Upland. And it's not financial advice. Please do your own research first. Today, we will be covering Christmas ornaments, it's a very, very, I'm surprised. We'll, we'll jump into that, but uh, we'll talk more about the Christmas ornaments. I know we touched on it last week. Um, pretty interesting with the NFL stadiums live. Uh, pretty funny story. I want to cover there. Uh, that's going well. They had the upland gala, gala action, which was uh, pretty awesome. Pretty big things happened there. Uh, 
two new city releases. We'll cover Bronx Collections release. We got the fantasy update, and we got some announcements for next year. Pretty jam-packed episode for uh, being Christmas Eve Eve. Yeah, my goodness. I mean, I guess we're ending the year on a high note. That's good. I guess so. I guess so. Last uh, Wednesday night, we were on the NFT Action News. Yesterday. That was just yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we were on the NFT Action News Coast to Coast uh, Christmas <laughs> <laughs> Christmas show. Um, always a good time with Left and uh, Mars and E, so had a blast. Uh, that was enjoyable. I was... Uh, and then uh, TML brought a visitor with them to that show. <laughs> I got his cousin with me today. <laughs> Do you? Just as oh, good? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I picked up some uh, of those Hawaiian buns. Uh, you know, they usually like make the dinner roll. Yeah. I'm talking about. I love Hawaiian, the Hawaiian bread, the sweet bread. Oh, it's so good. A little bit of mayonnaise and mustard. Perfect ham sandwich. Spicy yeah. mustard or normal mustard? Oh, I like the brown mustard, yeah. A little bit of brown mustard. Because you got to balance the sweetness from the honey-baked ham and the Hawaiian bread. You right. get that punch. Right. So, yeah. Thank me later had a ham I'm, sandwich. I'm listening to the podcast now. And you're interrupting the podcast now, Shasta. You wait a Jeez, old Pete's. The beauty of doing it live, folks. Beauty of doing it live. <laughs> but thank you for coming to the live live audience. It's it's always fun when you do these live. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank me later to uh, brought a nice big ham sandwich that we were on way longer <laughs> than we thought we were going to be on. So we sit in there trying yeah. to sneak bites. It's going to be like a five minute like high five. What's up? He usually got like lots of people. I didn't want to like. Like hog time, and then like it just kept going, and then the other people came on, and like, shit, I really want to get this ham sandwich. <laughs> Up landed, and I told my wife, I'm like, yeah, I said, uh, last time we were had like a 10, 15 minute segment on the coast to coast holiday show, so yeah, you know, I'll be back here pretty quick, and it just kept going and kept going, and I enjoyed every minute of it, but I was like, Oh man, and I did feel bad. I'm like, man, he's got that good looking ham sandwich, and he can't touch it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you're like, I could go back to my wife and kids. I'm like, I gotta go back to this ham sandwich. You don't understand. <laughs> my life is pressing right now. But I was impressed that you weren't like drooling, or it was dripping off your <laughs> goatee. <laughs> I snuck a couple bites. There was, if, if anybody watches the recording, there's probably like really creepy photos. I'd like stare at the camera while I take a bite of it. <laughs> oh, all right. Moving on from Thank Me Later's sandwich. Uh, Christmas ornaments went back up for sale this week, and I was surprised there were any left. Yeah, I don't get it. I mean, people are spending money out there on other stuff. They seem to. Sleep on, excuse me, speak of sleep on, sleep on these uh, ornaments. Like, why? I don't, I don't get it. I don't get why people aren't more excited about them. But I, I mean, you're the king of the Genesis stuff, and you always preach the importance of grabbing the initials and the Genesis and having complete sets. And I like, I, I've been trying to practice the rule of three with my NFTs lately, is to. Have one to collect, have one to sell at a good markup, and have one to sell at an even 
better markup later on down the road. So I, I bet I got myself a set of three. So I'm happy with that. Well, and I like that. It, and it still gives me, you know, it still allows me to take your strategy of being a decorator freelance and still land in the competitive neighborhoods for any competitions. Yeah, no, exactly. It, it, if you missed out and didn't buy these, you're going to regret it. I know uh, if you didn't listen to the Coast to Coast show last night, uh, you want to do a quick recap of why it was important to grab these? Oh, yeah, I did that all. I went on that spiel on that show, didn't I? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, first of all, they're fairly limited, right? I think, like, the most there is is, like, a thousand of one. Before you know it, like, there's going to be – there might already be more neighborhoods than that. But imagine, you know, the amount of neighborhoods is going to continue to grow. The number of these ornaments is static. It's never going to get more. It's not like property. You can't just wait for the next one to come. You're going for next years to come, but here's the kicker. Traditionally, in these decorating contests, the way that Upland has done it, and I have no reason to believe that they would do it differently in the future, is the total number of decorations plus diversity. So if you really want to maximize your neighborhood score, you're going to need to have access to the entire original set that came out this year. Uh, And moving forward, that is going to be less and less available for all of the active neighborhoods participating in these contests, which means that you inherently have something that is going to be incredibly valuable to any neighborhood who's competing in these events. Secondary to that, if you're like, well, I really want to compete in these events, but I don't have the spark, I don't have the, the buildings, and it's really hard to know on any given contest because there's probably, I don't know, a couple dozen really structured neighborhoods and uh, what are the nodes throughout the, uh, the metaverse right now. Uh, however, at any given event, a node or a neighborhood, Micah, we're going to go really hard on this one. By the time the, you know, everything's announced and the neighborhoods are decided, there's no chance that you're getting into that neighborhood with built properties for any reasonable amount of money. However, if you have a ton of decorations, you can then essentially have your pick of neighborhood and be a decorator for hire and go, hey, I see that you are well-organized, you're quickly climbing the leaderboard, I have 10 decorations I would love to contribute and have someone from their team give you 10 properties, you decorate them, you subsequently become a part of the winning team, so you get your cut of the reward. The event ends, you give back the properties, you keep the decorations. That's personally what I'm doing. I did it for the Halloween. I will do it uh, for the Christmas and moving forward. I like the idea of essentially guaranteeing access to a winning team for these contests each time. Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. And that was the interesting part there, too, is people weren't buying things because they didn't have the building or weren't going to have the building and didn't think of that next level of how you apply it strategically in because Upland's still a game. That That's what I do like about Upland is their competition still make a game like, yes, you do have the ability to buy property, sell property for U.S. dollars. But yet at the same time, there is still some strategy to it, aligning yourself with the right neighborhood or aligning yourself with the right assets to partake in these competitions and just be a freelance and get the rewards for helping out the neighborhood. Yeah. Or, I mean, depending on how competitive it gets, I mean, you could even get paid a bounty um, to help. 
uh, I don't think it was coming to that in the Halloween, but I know in Spud Wars, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I know that there has been previous events where, you know, there have been bribes, probably not the right word, but uh, incentives uh, for assisting teams. And so, like, I don't know, it can be a, a, quite a profitable endeavor um, for you. Or, again, if you're running a node, if you are trying to, you know, really become, like, the mayor or the head spokesman for an up-and-coming neighborhood, having a personal set of collections that you can help rally your team with um, and decorations would be vastly important because the other way that you could leverage it is, if you wanted to be the leader of a neighborhood and you had lots of decorations, you could um, add that as an enticing feature that says, hey, come build here and I'll actually provide decorations for these competitions as needed. I, I do. I'm sad that so many people missed the drama of the spud war with the trailers and then <laughs> it, then the cell tower oh that had to be converted to a cell tower because there was such a public backlash about trailers. Oh, yeah, that was entertaining. <laughs> I'm impressed. I, I'm impressed that they changed it, honestly. Yeah. But. I was like, wow, I, I can't believe they caved. I'm like, it, it's just a. Yeah. Okay. And I mean, there's some nice parks. Anyway, we won't rehash all that fun stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't alienate our Appalachian market. Damn it. Ooh, yeah, that. People have been uh, striking at West Virginia lately. Bet Midler really got into it with them. But anyway, uh, <laughs> what she made I comments. Can't, I can't with you right now. <laughs> she made comments about people in West Virginia being ignorant. Like, and, Do you have like a Google alert on Bet Midler? What kind of news feed is in your life that anything to do with Bette Midler would show up on it? No, it was a response. It was an article with her responding based off of the Build Back Better plan, blah, 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 blah. Um, but, like, why are you reading this information? As soon as I would have seen her name, I would be like, next. But you're like, let me see what she said. I'm intrigued. That, that, was, the, that was part of an article. It wasn't in the headline, so... Oh, they tricked you. They did. They, it was, it was, they sprang it. It was anti. It was like reverse clickbait. They're like, we know nobody's going to read about Bette Midler because she hasn't done anything in a while. So uh, we'll make this uh, headline and then we'll make the story more about her. So what, what? What was the last thing she did? No clue. Don't lie, you closet Bette Midler fanatic. <laughs> uh, honestly, no clue. <laughs> <laughs> no clue at all. Fair enough. Fair enough. Now, the NFL, the stadiums are pretty awesome. Um, I do like them. And you can already see the strategy developing in some of the players with, with their thought process. So Tuesday night, or Monday night, you had the uh, Browns and Las Vegas. You had the Cleveland Browns and the Las Vegas Raiders playing. Um, and somebody jumped on it really quick, bought the game ball for 800,000 UPEX. And their thinking was, hey, you know, Cleveland's hit with uh, a lot of their players are out with COVID. The Raiders, they suck at defending the run. The Browns have Nick Chubb, and he'll just destroy everybody. And I'm going to get me a Nick Chubb game ball, and it's going to be awesome. Well, Nick Chubb didn't do too well. The Browns lost the game. And the game ball went to the Raiders kicker. 
(laughs) (laughs) The individual is kind of distraught about it. He's like, I got a game ball from a kicker. Not only just any kicker, but the Raiders kicker. He's like, that's 800,000 upbacks that I'm never getting back. I mean, no, yeah, you're probably not getting that back. Yeah, you're not you're not getting that back. So I, I did find it funny, but that was you're already seeing people think um think about strategies to it. They did mess up the Buffalo Bills game though. Josh Allen is the quarterback of the Buffalo Bills, and then uh-huh. you have Josh Allen who's a linebacker, I believe, for the Jacksonville Jaguars, and he wears number forty one. So in and Josh Allen's a top quarterback in the league <laughs> and and they messed it up and put the linebacker number with the picture of the quarterback on it and sold that jersey for you know the the more expensive 600,000 upex <laughs> what yeah nice well that's worth that's worth a million minimum then. That's what I said. You know, somebody was kind of upset about it. I was having discussions and I said, you know, back in the 90s, there was, uh, I can't remember which card line it was, but somebody wrote FU in a black marker on somebody on Billy Ripken's baseball bat and it made it to the baseball cards. So everybody was seeking that baseball card because it had a big FU on his bat. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was in... Um... You know what? <laughs> Obviously, you haven't watched it. There's a new movie out called like uh, '80s Christmas or Retro Christmas or something with uh, Doogie Howser. Uh, it's anyway. You got to watch it. It's about Nintendo. Oh, I'll definitely check that out. So there are some good opportunities where you get the discrepancies like that, where there's an error, because I think they're more valuable. You find the errors and it makes it more valuable. Um, Oh, a hundred percent. Anybody who's mad about that is insane. I'd be like, that's like winning the lottery. Those kinds of digital mistakes, especially on a blockchain game, they can't change it. If that's immutable data that's on the blockchain, like that's just going to be like that. And that's massively valuable to future collectors of like, oh my gosh, what an oddity. Absolutely. And here's the interesting thing about the game ball. You and I had a discussion offline about it that, you know, it really boosts your fan score, but is the 800,000 OPEX really worth it? You know, you, you usually you're going to get it from a star player, you know, uh, a running back, a quarterback, a wide receiver, but you do run the chance of it being a kicker. <laughs> I guess so. Eh? So it, it could carry. I'm still interested to see the future function because, as as we talked, you can easily get that three thousand uh, point fan score a lot cheaper. Yeah, I, I don't understand how they're going to do it with essentials. It feels like it should be capped, like your first three of any given essential count for fan score, and then they don't. Or even, like, I think the first one, one of each essential might be too restricting and put too much power on mementos and replicas. But, like, they're not... What did we calculate? Like, 17 to 18 essentials equals a game ball. So you could, if you bought two packs of essentials... You would have more game. You'd have more points on a single game ball. Like that's 
and essentials. They're not selling the essentials yet, but what do we think the essentials are going to go for? I, that's what I'm going to be intrigued about is is what they're really going to sell for. Well, so wait, well, what did they sell for in the pre-release? Do you know? Uh, I don't have those totals right in front of me, um, but the Superstar Pack. Aren't they still in the store? Uh, the Superstar Packs are gone. You know, you still got the, uh, still have some in the store. And they do have the final ones being released uh, Friday. Friday registration starts, and then they're going to close the 2020 legits. Yeah. So it, it, the legits, the whatchamacallits, the essentials would need to cost 45,000 UPEX or more for it to be on par with a cost per point as a football. So, like, that's insane. Like, they're not going to be that much, right? They're not going to be charging 50000 for an essential, are they? I don't think so. The packs were $10 or $12, but $12 bought you 10 right? So that would have only been, like, 1200 UPEX. Yeah, for yeah, because you'd need the superstar packs to really work that. Oh, I see what you're saying. Because wait, well, game or game balls only against superstars? No, because you got kickers that have them. The kicker could be a superstar, can they? No, that not, feels kind of racist. Not in the collection realm. And usually, it, the only superstars they're on are your are crappy, crappy teams. And uh, with those crappy teams, they're like your best players. So everybody, it's sad when the home base roots for a kicker. But it happened in Browns history. <laughs> everybody loved Phil Dawson. Oh, was he in Dawson's Creek? No. No. Oh. You watch that every week? I'm going to wait. So that, that happened. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys get that? That was the theme song to Dawson, Dawson's Creek. Although, interesting fun fact, when they sold the DVD rights to Dawson's Creek, it was too expensive to get the licensing for that song. So only the last episode of the entire series has that for its opening theme. Uh, if you watch it on Blu-ray or DVD or any other streaming services. So there you go. Now, I don't have to watch it. So I know that. I mean, you probably should verify by watching the entire series from start to end. Yeah. Kind of busy. <laughs> I'm not, that's what I'm going to do. Actually, I started watching star Trek. This new Star Trek on Hulu or some HBO or something, I Discover. Uh, it's called uh, Star Trek Discover. Holy cow. Like, uh, that's pretty insane. They're like, it's a Game of Thrones in space. Really? It is pretty hardcore. Yeah. Yeah, I was quite shocked. At first, I was like, oh, this is going to be whatever. People are dying, getting tortured, brought back to life. It's insane. Wow. Yeah, I was like, I always thought Star Trek was like just kind of like super nerdy and boring, but 
honestly, at least the new ones are pretty awesome. Well, that's cool. Might have to check that out in uh, the free time that I don't have. <laughs> All you need to do is just get one of your kids interested in it. So that way it's a bonding activity. It's a two for one. Now, I was happy my six-year-old wanted to watch old school G.I. Joe cartoons from the 80s. So I'm like, absolutely, son. No way that holds up to today, though. What? No. It's the nostalgia. <laughs> it's the nostalgia of it. But yeah, he was but all I was ex- nostalgia for your kid. Didn't you look at the graphics? Go, oh my god, never mind. I can draw this better on my iPad. <laughs> well, there is that. There is that. Uh, Upland did host uh, Upland Gala this gala this week, and uh, Adula went ham. Spent over uh, thirty thousand U.S. dollars, or almost forty thousand U.S. dollars, winning like the last five auctions. Um, now half the money went to St. Jude's, so that's always a great cause and a great charity to give to. And you know that was uh, pretty fun watching that auction if you had the chance. Yeah, I, I'm kind of sorry I missed it. I, I had some other activities I was doing. But dang, so cool. Yeah, I think like a train, a one of 10 train station went for 4 million up X. Um, so there were some pretty good, uh, pretty good things. Main Street was hot, very hot. I think one of them cost 18 million up X, if I recall. They took down, I couldn't find the page. So, but I should have just screenshotted it yesterday when I was on it. But I was like, I'll be there tomorrow. I can't find it now. <laughs> right and that's how it always works yeah and then uh they did release the bronx i i, I still enjoy the vanilla mode are, are you still enjoying the vanilla mode or are you still like them pre-revealed um it depends how much opex i have i think I, I don't know i do like the vanilla mode um but I think for me, it's very much like ice cream. Like I like vanilla ice cream, but you know, sometimes I just want the chocolate. You know, like yeah, this was fun, but no, I just I I just need some ultra rares to, or I need some rare like two X collections to to bulk up my interest. Like I'm not here to play tickle tickle. Are you good? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> but. I- we did do a nice job with Throg's neck. Yeah, that looked out, eh? Shout out to TM. That was that was sweet. Yeah, nice little target there. Uh, they did end up with eight neighborhoods and uh, three streets. Uh, Grand Concourse was kind of obvious um, in Sedgwick. And I'm still upset that 1520 Sedgwick is either going to be an ultra rare or a landmark. Oh, you said you were going for that, eh? Yeah. That was the one you were going for. Yeah. So wait, so did you end up getting anything on Sedgwick? Uh, No, because I was just targeting. That actually went pretty quick, too. Um, I was surprised. Cause I was trying to jump properties until I realized that it was um, not going to be mintable. And then I jumped over to country club and then throgs neck. 
Yeah, that's what I did. Country Club, Country Club Throg's Neck. So. Yeah, City Island. That that's where I messed up. You know, City Island ended up being oh, a collection, right? Like so obvious. Like uh, I definitely. Um, and a one point nine four X boost. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that's probably the most interesting one. Like I can't believe I'm really keeping myself from missing out on that. If anybody has properties there that uh, wants to trade for some Throg's Neck or. Uh, something else, maybe in some San Francisco properties. Let me know. Yeah, definitely do some trades here because definitely have a lot of Throg's Neck and uh, you got a lot of people that came together, rallied around it. So that's going to develop very well on the East Coast. So I'm excited for the future of that neighborhood. Yeah. And the interesting is um, Fordham Road. You need to earn, own four properties. That's a lot for an ultra rare. Usually, you know, those are two or threes. Yeah, that was somebody commented. I think it's the first four ultra rare in the game. Is that true? No. I oh, really? Don't think so. Now I got to go back and verify. It might be. It might be. I'll figure that out for the next episode. I'm ch- I'm just like going through mentally. I don't think there is any other force. Yeah, I don't think so. So that was, I just think, weird, you know, because ultra rares are supposed to be rare. Had that discussion this week. Uh, NBA Top Shot is releasing Series Three, and this was the this week they had the first drop of the MGLE series, the Metallic Gold Limited Edition series. Um, it was eighty nine dollars for a pack, but I was asked if I was going after it, and I really wasn't that interested because in Series One there were two hundred and ninety nine for each moment. And then in series two, they upped it to 499 and in series three, now there's 749, but they're still trying to keep it a rare pack. They're trying to keep the, you know, the branding of the MGLE together. But if you want to increase it for more people to hold them, you make more of the moments themselves. You don't make, you know, you don't make more mints. You make more moments, you know? Gotcha. Yeah, okay, I can see that. So, I passed on that. Um, I was like, eh, no thanks. Yeah, I haven't got back into top. Uh, honestly, like, I, I I made my I made my mint on it. Um, I think I still have a little bit of money over there. I I, I think I still have some assets over there. Um, but yeah, just not my scene. Um probably going to keep some money over there just for their other projects that they ever actually launch yeah wait how did the football launch didn't they do their nfl launch yeah they've been doing the nfl launch but uh i there's such limited number of packs i've still been outside and i haven't been able to grab one yet oh really yeah so 
but the market's down, so I, I think it's a good time to buy. If I had some more money in that account, I wouldn't add any more to it. But if I had some play money in that account, I would pick up some assets over there because the market is down a little right now, a lot right now. So I think it's a good time well, for both the NFL or just the NBA or the NFL too. Yeah, just the NBA. Right now, there's no way to sell or trade the NFL. Okay, interesting. And, uh, yeah. So, one of the other interesting things, as I went off on that tangent, um, and I'll come back to the real purpose of it here, is Steph Curry is a guard for the Golden State Warriors, and he set an NBA record of most three-pointers in a career at 2,974 uh, the other week. A couple of NFT projects came out for it. And the first one, there was a drop of it. It has about four or five different uh, sketches of him, and it has 2,974, like, real tiny as, as the shading on him. Uh, and each three-pointer was a, was the mint. So his first three-pointer was mint number one and so on and so forth. Um, mint number 2,974, they actually didn't put up for sale. They had it up for auction, and the bid's over a million dollars right now for it, uh, which is pretty insane. But that got pushed back a few hours, and then it got pushed back a day. So, you know, it's... And then that was delayed. And then in another project, Under Armour was involved. Uh, Gala Games was involved. Sandbox Decentraland. You were going to be able to purchase... uh, Under Armour Steph Curry shoes that you could bring into all these different metaverses. Um, So that got pushed. Um, It was supposed to drop and it got pushed an hour, got pushed an hour. And then come to find out that the drop happened and almost everybody missed the drop except for people on the East Coast because it was set up to people's system computer time. So when nine o'clock Eastern 9 p.m. Eastern came around. It opened up for the East Coast. The people on the West Coast, it was still showing three hours till their to the drop. So if you didn't change your system setting on your computer, you missed the drop completely. So, <laughs> so the what moral, <laughs> yeah, the moral of the story is the shit shows just not in some of the releases in Upland. It happens throughout throughout all the metaverses, you know. So it's the the hate and everything of they need to get their stuff together. It's we're still dealing with new technology and they're trying to do things that haven't been done before, you know, so you give them the benefit of the doubt and yeah, everybody's always going to keep beta, but just want to let you know, I've watched other projects that have the same challenges that uplands faced and handled it worse, sometimes worse, sometimes better. So it's just not isolated to upland. Yeah, no, I think anybody who's been in this space long enough uh, just knows, like, it's just not a polished space yet. You can't expect, and hell, if anything, I would say in the past decade, the quality of software releases across all, like, entertainment uh, industries has gone down significantly. Every single game is now released in an early access beta that they never seem to come out of. Um, there's a lot of unfinished, unpolished work. I mean, and this is like AAA titles down to indie to indie developers. Like, it's just a chronic, almost issue 
with this new shift. I mean, in the development world, like everyone's shifting towards this agile methodology where it's like fail fast, release often, et cetera. But like they're not refining the process more before production in a lot of cases. And honestly, I don't think that's we're seeing it similarly in Upland, but it's not because of their just like trying to just throw content out. It's because they're literally doing things that have never been done in the industry, as opposed to EA, who's just like, who cares? Just slap a new year on it and push it. We'll figure out how to actually code it later. Like kind of mentality. Yeah. So I did think that that was interesting and definitely wanted to bring those points up here. Uh, And then I, yeah, that that pretty much covers that. Anything else on those subjects there before we move on? Um, no. Okay. Uh, we do have, uh, two new cities coming out just announced today on the 23rd of December. And they're sort of new cities. They're sort of not. It's, they're calling it the Oakland expansion. So they're adding. Yeah. Kind of like they did with Fresno. Yeah. Clovis, remember? <laughs> oh, holy shit, we had some good times with Clovis. I, I couldn't remember what that city was actually called. I remembered everything else we called Clovis, but I couldn't think of Clovis. Yeah. Clovis and Bakersfield. Or was Bakersfield a whole... No, that was an add-on to Fresno. So much blurs together. But yeah, Oakland's... Right. Ex- Oakland's expanding. They have Alameda and uh, or Alameda and Berkeley being added on, and that will release on December 29th. They're actually uh, we looked it up, and Alameda is pretty small, about 23 square miles, population about 78,000, and uh, Berkeley's only 16 or 17 square miles, but they have a population of about 125,000 people. Um, which is interesting. So you're going to have no new, uh, transportation methods. So no new terminals. So it's going to the Oakland terminal and it will be, uh, in vanilla mold and will be released one reveal one week after the city launch. Uh, about 27% of the properties will be under the FSA, and it will be similar to the release of the Bronx. Now, the interesting thing is it's four to seven new collections for Oakland, so the Oakland collection isn't closed. Yeah, well, yeah, I guess that's true in a weird way. I mean, the city of Oakland, these other cities are getting their own collections. Right. But they're not technically new cities or expansions. I mean, it's just like, I would say, <clears throat> let's say that you bought uh, a video game, any video game, right, and it had a number of achievements, and then you get the expansion pack. You would expect the expansion pack to come with its own achievements, and you're not mad when you buy the expansion, and it's like, oh, you were 100% complete, but now you have, you know, 20% more achievements that you need to achieve. Eh, I'm okay. I, I mean, I'm glad that they're releasing new collections with it. Yeah, and they were talking about one of the reasons because you remember they said no new no new cities this year, and we've released three. Um, right. But they have uh, 
daily active users of 159,000, daily transaction volume of 354 million UPEX, and daily trading volume of 15.8 thousand trades. Wow. So that will be good. Like, what does that compare to? Like, how does that compare to other times? Like, definitely up. (laughs) I mean, yeah, early. I got to look at which episode it was, but you know, you remember we were talking when are we going to hit 10,000, 20,000, you know, and then we just flew right by it all. Yeah, no, I feel like we've been going, and I mean, that's the thing is like OGs are seeing it now, like these properties that we set up a year ago at these like what we at the time thought were like fantasy prices because they're like 20, 30x of what we bought it for, and they're selling, and so you were seeing the volume, we're seeing the value creation. That's the thing, even though we don't talk about it a lot, like, the thing is, the properties that are so, you got to keep in mind that there was properties in San Francisco that minted for under a thousand upx regularly. <laughs> like there was a good amount of time where like you could buy multiple properties for the four thousand upx you got when you started. Um, so the fact that these are now selling some of them for you know a hundred thousand upx plus easily um, in these non-collection, non-active neighborhoods. Um, is pretty remarkable to me. Um, I think that's under-talked about a lot. I mean, we focus on Manhattan is bringing in a lot of profit, but, you know, the prices were pretty high in uh, Manhattan. I mean, you're still turning a lot of volume and uh, upcharge, but I'd be interested to know, like, the average markup of a San Fran sale versus the average markup of a Manhattan sale. Oh, yeah. I I think San Fran markup is way higher than than the Manhattan sales. Because Yeah, I had, but people see like the floor and they go, oh, the floor, look at the floor. But it's just like, well, what was the floor in New York? <laughs> like, to start with, 5,000? Um, I, I think so. I, I don't think like, there was anything and, and under the 5. F- the floor in San Francisco when it started was like 300 or 500. It was it would have been a 10th of what it was in San Francisco. So like, uh, it was interesting. I, I missed out on the three hundreds cause I knew there were a couple, I know I grabbed a couple 18 and 1900 properties, but I didn't get anything lower than that in San Francisco. Oh yeah. If you, especially like if you were like trying to like watch the expired visas and stuff, um, there was some, they were small, right? They were probably like five to 10 up square. Like you're not building anything on them, but it was crazy. Like what you could buy cheap, 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 cheap. Yeah. Don't remind me of expiring visas. Oh, Michael D. Michael D. We'll pour some out for our brother. He was a, he was somebody's second account and we made it too famous. Way too suspicious. Yeah. That was somebody's yeah. second account. Yeah. Yeah, that one haunts me a little bit. <laughs> but they logged in consistently. Oh, well. 
no. So more expansion. And that's kind of funny that they're dropping it on December 29th. Like, is the demand that much that they couldn't just wait till January 1st? <laughs> Gee, or, you know what? I just now had an epiphany. Okay, so think about it. They have, like, uh, you know, a lot of now uh, interested parties, NFLPA, their, their funding, et cetera. They're going to need to do a year-end recap um, at the beginning of 2022. So while I was saying, oh, they could have just waited a couple days and, you know, kept their promise of no new cities. However, it might be a marketing genius to throw in a couple more cities to make your end-of-the-year number. Like, this is how many cities were released, you know, throwing in these last couple at the end of the year, like, to help boost those numbers. Yeah, just like any business, like all of a sudden capital becomes available, all of a sudden it's hurry up, spend, spend, spend. Right. I mean, and I don't think it was pre-planned, honestly. I think no one, I sure as hell did not expect the Bronx to sell out the way it did. No. like the, it, was, it was ridiculous, especially, again, just sitting there live, like, oh, there's purple collections in um, St. Louis, or no, where was it? Nashville? I don't even remember now. Nashville? Nashville. Collections? Yeah, like, what the hell am I doing up here fishing on a, you know, a hope and a dream when I can just go mint collection properties? Like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, right. there's still a lot of space in uh, Kansas City and Chicago. Um, still plenty of places to mint. There's plenty of FSA, but they're seeing an influx and an expansion. That's, that's good overall, and, uh, you know, the uh, cafe, they're always very helpful for to the new players so it's it's nice that they have somewhere to go and onboard with all the helpful people over there yeah would the would the sales cycles concern you if you were starting a business that wasn't on one of the coasts because i feel like if i'm in chicago i know there's a lot of chicago diehards and it's a big city and all this good stuff but i wonder if the people there are realizing like hey the the profitability and the higher returns on non-collection properties and the sustainability of, you know, high market turnover is probably a lot less in Chicago than it is in San Francisco, Manhattan, and it's like connecting cities. Is that a consideration you think people are starting to look at now when they're deciding where they're going to want to start businesses at? I mean... Once again, we're only talking about 159,000 uh, daily active users. And I think as the businesses start to churn out and you start getting the cars in there, I, I don't think, you know, you're you're going to need, especially if you want to run businesses, I think you're going to, the way they make it sound is you're going to need logistics across the com- country. So being able to have distribution centers or I, I think maybe initially, but in the long run, I think you're setting yourself up well. Now, if you don't branch out, you know, then you might have issues. But, yeah, initially, I think I think people are realizing that you're going to have to set up your business East Coast or West Coast. And then as the game grows and as businesses grow and they start putting supply chains together, um, you'll still need key properties, San Francisco, and New York being your big businesses, but Kansas City and Chicago would be great uh, distribution hubs for it. 
Yeah, but I mean, even the way that you just described it, like, you're going to need a foothold in San Fran and Manhattan. Like, if you're going to have a successful business, like, you're almost certainly going to need a presence on the coasts. Yes. Like, I just, where, like, and I think that you could sustain a healthy business on just San Francisco or just Manhattan. Now, you'd want to expand, obviously, as much as possible, but I think realistically you could still run just a strong business, a smaller business there. I think a smaller, like, single-city business would struggle maybe a little bit less than Chicago, but, like, definitely, like, Nashville, New Orleans. Like, I just don't see the traffic. I mean, I guess you got the stadiums. It's going to be really interesting, I guess, because you are going to have the stadium aspect as well. Um, so, like, that's going to be interesting to see, like, um, as they release new functionality. We saw there was, like, this weird thing about concert venues. So imagine they start opening these live event spaces um, and people are trying to attend those. Eh. Man, there's so much potential. It's kind of crazy. Now watch some booming business be born out of Clovis. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. I'll believe it when I see it. I know there's some Fresno freaks out there, but my goodness. Don't doubt those Fresno freaks. They'll surprise you. <laughs> yeah, uh, I believe that. Yeah. They will definitely surprise you. Now, things we're working on for 2022 is we're looking to do more live streams. Yes, we record the podcast on Thursday nights and there is a live audience. We do have pre-shows, post-shows, a lot of good interaction. But, you know, we want to get into be a little more visible so we're working on so you can see our ugly mugs as we broadcast each and every week um so you'll have that to look forward to in 2022 um and will we see anything from upex world in 2022 well, I mean, we still have one more we still have one more podcast this year right we do new year's eve eve yeah. New Year's Eve. Yes. Yeah. Uh oh. Better set my lineup. Uh-oh. Might lose in the playoffs. This uh. This week's fantasy update. Uh, last week, I beat T. Davis, but that was kind of unfair. T. Davis's quarterbacks went down with COVID, and then he picked up somebody to play on. Uh, Tuesday night, and then they went down with COVID. So, <laughs> Jeez, old beats. It, it, it wasn't fair there. Uh, Sparkles beat Troina Cats. Uh, Dizzy Deuce has lost to Payne Hurts. Thank Me Later squeaked out the victory oh, over Clyde Torres, 70-66. to 66. That was rather sad. Oh, my God. It was, I didn't even set my lineup. Half of mine were out with injuries, too. I, I didn't even kiss them out in the playoffs, so I didn't care. <laughs> and uh, Max Lifer, 69ers. Or 69ers did beat Mars Utah 117 to 94, and he secured the fourth playoff position. And in the uh, closest game of the week, Nishirin lost to the Franklin Bombers. Franklin Bombers beat Nishirin 70.46 to 70.20. <laughs> Get it. Get it, Franklin. <laughs> And then the biggest blowout with Payne Hurts over uh, Dizzy's Deuces, 120-54. to 
That's just sad, Dizzy. 54. <laughs> 54? <laughs> 54.96 to be fair. Oh. So this week I'm playing Max Lifer 69ers and T. Davis and Choyna are squaring off in the playoffs and the two winners move on to the championship round next week. Nice. Yeah. And then the season will be over and thank me later. We'll be happy that we stop talking about this each and every week. Yeah, I mean, it's fun, except when you're losing, then it's kind of (laughs) lame. Of course. (laughs) Of course. But that's all I got. You got anything before we get out of here? Uh, No. Do I have time to kill? Because I got a funny story. Absolutely. Oh, well, if we get time. Okay. So today was a pretty relaxing day. I might have enjoyed some uh, extracurricular activity. Anyway, doesn't matter. I'm not really 100% in my head earlier in the day. And I go, and I'm like, dude, I'm going to order me a pizza. I'm so excited about this pizza. Right? So I go on my app, boop, 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 order pizza. Okay. Don't know, about, you know, 30, 40 minutes past, I get a call. Ring, ring. Uh, Papa John's, I think we got the wrong house. Well, wait, where, where, where are you? And then they gave me the address. I was like, yeah, no, that's not my address. That's my parents' address. They live in Ohio. I'm in Texas. Where are you? And they're like, Ohio. I went to the address and I was like, oh shit. I was like, <laughs> well, I guess I apologize for that. Because God knows my parents were probably pretty rude. And they live, like, back down, like, a scary-ass driveway. Like, they live on, like, private land. It's a little, like, uh, deliverance. Like, you're scared to drop things off there. And uh, so I felt bad. I let her just keep all the pizza and the tip and everything. I had already paid. It was through the app. And so then I I call my mom. And then she's mad. She's like, oh, damn, I would have kept it if I had known. Like, she's like, I just, I had no idea. I was like, oh, yeah, I accidentally ordered it to your house. Because the last time I had used the app was when I was there on Thanksgiving. Totally did not even register that I sent it. Well, though, I am a little pissed because most delivery apps, like an Uber and whatever, if you order food and you're more than, like, two miles away from where it's being delivered, it sends you a little text that's like, hey, you're delivering this far from where you're at. Are you sure you're sending it to the right place? Um but, yeah, it was really sad. And, um, oh, because there was the kicker. The thing was, in Ohio, Papa John's sells hoagies, like uh, steak hoagies, and they're freaking delicious. And so I go into the app. I didn't even put two and two together. I saw hoagies. I made hoagies. I made this delicious hoagie with pizza sauce and pickles and mushrooms, and I saved it as TML's hoagie. Boom, it was in my profile Damn, I, I was so excited for that hoagie. And then I, when I went to go place the order again, I, I switched the location. And I was like, I knew they didn't sell hoagies here because I've lived here for several years and they never had hoagies here. I thought by some miracle it had changed. Nope, switch profiles. Your TML hoagie is not available at this location. And I was, <laughs> I was emotionally devastated and very very sad but uh, that was that was my funny this is why i can't be alone very long i'm not i'm not i don't do uh sustained long periods of time by myself so so your woman's gone again yeah 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 so she's in she's in canada um for the holidays so 
Oh, okay. I am rocking it solo um, for a couple more days. There you go. Well, hopefully you enjoy that. Hopefully everybody has a Merry Christmas, and uh, we'll be back next week with the year in review of the FX podcast. It probably won't be a review, but (laughs) it it will be the last show of 2021. Yeah, yeah. Don't set too many expectations. That made it sound like you were going to, like, gather stats and, like, have interesting factoids. That's not going to happen. I, I doubt Have we considered it. having a special guest of T. Davis? Who <laughs> <laughs> is special guest T. Davis, who who will do the research and actually bring facts and interesting <laughs> stats? Maybe, maybe <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> but until next week, everybody be safe, have fun, enjoy your time over the holidays, and talk to you next week. It's the Opix Podcast, baby. Glad you tuned in. Got your host, thank me later, and you're stupid to win. Might become an obsession as soon as you begin. Start out king of the street, then lock it iconic in. Welcome to Offland. Grab your Opix, man. On your way in the door, hit you with four grand. Get to buying and gripping, then to selling and flipping. Over to moving and shocking. I'm Scrooge McDuckin' in Opix.